Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. Today, I'm going to be joined by two respiratory therapists who are carrying out vital work on the front lines of patient care. Before they join us, be sure to get caught up on any episode of The Wrap you may have missed. Episodes are currently being streamed on YouTube or can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. Episodes debut each week and can also be found as part of the headlines Week in Review. With that, let's bring in two important team members. First, can both of you introduce yourselves and tell us your roles at Michigan Medicine? Uh, my name is Scott Cox. I am a uh, clinical specialist on the education team at Mott Children's Hospital. How are you doing, everybody? My name is Tom Nemeth. I'm a respiratory therapist and newly appointed supervisor in Michigan Medicine for respiratory therapy once again. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Now, many people may have heard of respiratory therapists, but they may not be sure exactly what it is your teams do on a daily basis. On a very broad level, what type of work do respiratory therapists carry out? Do you want me to start, Tom? Go right ahead, my friend. Okay. Take it away. Um, I think on a broad level, uh, most people are associate respiratory therapists with breathing treatments. Uh, every time I mention respiratory therapy, people are like, oh, you deliver the breathing treatments. We do. <laughs> um, it makes a very small percentage of the work we actually do within Michigan Medicine. Um, so some of the other things we're involved with, obviously running um, life support. So ventilators, CPAPs, BiPAPs. Um, Delivering specialized medical gases, transports, tracheostomies, bronchoscopies, a whole multitude of other things. I'll let Tom add some more in there. We're there for cardiac and renal support as well. I will do a lot of cardiac output tests, a lot of other tests that just show how well people are, organ systems are working, whether it's brain, renal, heart failure. We're always, there's so much things that affect your breathing. So we have Mm -hmm. to be well aware of what affects your breathing for just about everyone there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, more specifically with regard to COVID-19 patients, what sorts of things are you doing to help on the floors? Um, So on the floors, uh, obviously, we're just doing mainly treatments, high flow, um, oxygen delivery. Um, Tom and I mostly, I believe, work in the ICUs and that. So some of our main support would be um, life support system, ventilators. turning patients over to long-term. So that would involve uh, tracheostomies, long-term care plans, things like that. So I say our role really doesn't change. Unfortunately, there's a lot of sick patients that are in the hospital and they still need a ton of types of ventilatory care. So right. even if they're COVID or non-COVID positive patients, we still have to deliver aerosol therapies, non-invasive ventilatory support, invasive ventilatory support. It doesn't change. It's just the hazard of possibly catching or passing along COVID is now in that mix. Yeah. So when you're taking that all into account and sort of the hazards, and I know you're wearing PPE and all that type of stuff, what does a typical day look like for you right now? Um, Again, it really doesn't change. Um, It's a very fast paced changing environment. It just goes day to day. What could happen? I mean, I know when me and Scott started in the RICU originally, it, it just changed dramatically every single day. As far as what we found out, whether we found out turning patients out their stomachs helped with their oxygenation status, or patients didn't have secretions, or we found out patients had a lot of problems with clotting, so we had to add heparin into their treatment therapy. It's just something we learn every single day with these patient populations, so it's an ever-changing environment. 
Yeah. I believe we all had some ideas of what this patient population would look like when they would come here. And then when they got here, it was kind of like, okay, we need to do some on-the-fly adjustment here. Um, uh, things aren't um, spelt out exactly the way that we they thought we would be. So um, it's kind of on-the-job manipulation of your normal therapies, um, trying some different things that you kind of think might work. And, um, you know, just through trial and tribulation, just figuring out the path that's going to be best for each specific patient. So. What would you say is the most challenging aspect of your work? Uh, personally, for me, it's just keeping everyone safe and not making sure we don't pass it to the next person. Because there's still a lot of patients in there that do not have COVID-19. So we, if we go to a, one patient that does have it, and then we might have a rapid response or a code somewhere mm-hmm. else that we have to respond to. And they definitely won't have it maybe be on the floors, general care area that's not ICU status. You don't want to pass it along to somebody that's already having other issues. So just containing the virus within even the facilities, very easy to pass along. Yeah, I think another thing is just the overall numbers that we see. Um, so obviously, you know, this is uh, a much higher patient census than we would normally see in our ICUs and that. So that is a major point. And then just to piggyback off Tom, I, I feel like the highest anxiety with everyone working within the ICUs with these type patients is just contaminating yourself or contaminating someone else. So just going through those PPE processes and staying away from distractions and things like that, I think is the most important part of working there. Yeah. You can't take any shortcuts, right? Yeah. You you can't uh, be distracted. That's for sure. (laughs) Now, when you talked about sort of the the patient census and, and what would you say is sort of a typical number of patients you're working with in a shift? On uh, the unit I work on right now, which is the RICU, we probably have, I think right now, you know, we're probably running about uh, 30-some ventilators in this section we're at. But we have um, probably a good 50, 60 patients probably up in the units there. Um, It's definitely a lot. Just like Scott said, um, it's not our typical ventilator amount that we're used to. Um, I know some of the therapists are, they went through... Uh, the H1N1 phase where we did have a lot more ventilators. And I obviously wasn't part of that phase. I was still in high school when that was going around. <laughs> um, I was partially part of the MERS phase when that round, but we didn't have a spike like this. So I know we're running currently over 100 ventilators through both sides. And that's definitely a lot more. We're usually in the 50, 60, 70 numbers in that right. season. So it's, it's a big deal, but everyone's been handling it very well. University is very very focused on keeping everyone safe and trying to help as many people as possible. We've definitely taken a lot of patients from outside facilities. Yeah. I think that streamlines perfectly into my next question because we've talked a lot about some of the challenges that you guys face, but there's also been an incredible amount of teamwork and compassion put on display, uh, you know, over the past few weeks. Can you talk about sort of some of the more uplifting aspects of the work that you're performing right now? I, I think uh, from my standpoint, um, mainly I work with pediatric neonatal patients, so there was a major shift for us um, going back to adult-type um, respiratory care. So going up into the unit, which these are all floors that were used to, but now this has turned into a COVID RICU unit, um, integrating with um, adult RTs, adult nursing, totally different um, um, anesthesiology medicine teams. It just took a lot of transition phase for us. But one thing I will say is 
we have felt totally supported. We have felt totally a part of um, everything. And um, I, I really feel good about what we've done up in the RICU there. And I, I feel like we are giving the patients the best care that we could possibly give. So. Uh, I totally agree. I mean, we see miracles every day. We're watching these patients be extubated that probably not to say that other hospitals aren't working hard, but we see a lot of sick people. We even had an ECMO patient that recently was able to come off the ventilator, which oh, is fantastic. Oh. So just the idea of all these teams coming together, we even doing team nursing. I mean, these nurses have never worked with ICU level patients before, but are working with a team just to kind of manage all these patients that are coming around. It's an incredible amount of work and stress and everyone's doing their best. And it's amazing just to see anesthesia, pulmonary, medicine, surgery, all coming together to make sure that we can take care of this huge patient population. That's so great. Now to close out the conversation for each of you can answer this. What is sort of the one thing you would want people to know about the work you and others are doing on the front line of patient care? I think one of the biggest things is just to know that respiratory therapists, uh, we're working together as a group. We're doing a lot more than just providing breathing treatment. We're um, providing life support, but we're having to kind of learn on the fly these these new um, uh, illnesses and that and how to properly take care of patients on it. So, yeah. Just overall, everyone to be patient because this isn't something that's going to go away. Just like every virus, it goes back overseas, Australia, China, it gets mutated. And especially with this virus, it's not your typical virus. It mutates, it jumps species to species barrier. We've seen it do it now four times now. And we're not going to be able to make a vaccine for it right away. So for everyone just to be patient, to understand that the health system's completely overwhelmed. We've seen it now with Beaumont, Henry Ford. Everyone's taking the hit financially and just personally. And I know it's a super stressful time, but just for everyone to be patient because we are going to get through this. We're all strong. We can all come together like we are doing. And it is working. We've seen the curve. We've seen the plateau now. And this is what we want. This is what we need because we don't want everyone getting sick. We've lost, I personally even lost family members now to this. So we all just need to be very careful with this disease. Well, thank you so much to both of you for your perspective on this and your perspective from the front lines. If you want to learn more about the work going on surrounding COVID-19, Headlines had a plethora of features this week. For instance, readers learned about the organization's first patient, a double lung transplant recipient who is now home and doing well. Security also shared how they are keeping the health system safe. Employees described some of the most heartwarming moments they've seen at the hospital. And those working from home gave colleagues tips on how to best meet new challenges while working to flatten the curve. For those stories and more, go to mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners to name one of the four high-reliability universal skills that are currently helping employees at the Academic Medical Center. Congratulations to Dr. Gregory Dalek, who sent in STAR, an acronym that will help you remember to stop, think, act, and review. Dr. Dalek, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question. Physician assistant Cecile Hollinshead recently created photo mosaics of employees who work in which department? Once again, physician assistant Cecile Hollinshead recently created photo mosaics of employees who work in which department? You can find the answer in this week's headline story about moments that matter. And once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu 
for the chance to win a prize. And everyone who sends in the correct answer will automatically be entered into a raffle to win an Amazon Echo. Thank you, Scott and Tom, for being here. It's all the time we have for this week. And thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for everything you do, for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next week.